this portion is called Vayera, and it is, starts in the sixth chapter of Exodus, Shemot, the sixth chapter, verse 2. Trusting Hashem is a major, a major thing for our, our, our lives. That probably is one of the most delicate things that we have to learn in our faith and in our walk with God. Why is trust so difficult for us at times? Because we're having to trust the creator of the universe who we've never physically seen nor have we touched him. Um, Some people have trust issues because the way they were raised in families, hold on. Families? Could you just make sure the mic's recording? They grew up in in an environment, maybe a community or in life where they had been taken advantage of by people of authority. So it can be really, really tough for some people to develop trust. Even for a, uh, a righteous person, trusting Hashem to the ultimate level of use or to the highest level of purity is a struggle and something you really have to work on. It's a commitment to know that God is God. And in this parsha today we get a sort of a picture of this. It opens up by saying this, The Lord spoke to Moshe and said to him, I am the Lord. I revealed myself to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Yaakov as El Shaddai, but I did not make myself known to them by my name, Yudche Vavche. Why is this important? If you'll remember... The last part of the chapter, uh, in chapter uh, 5, in chapter 5, he says to Hashem, excuse me one second, let me get to it. Is it verse 15? Yeah. Well, it says, it says, I'm talking about where he goes, verse 32, Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why did you do so much evil to this people? Talking about the Israelite people. Why did you even send me? This, their situation has become worse because of me, not better. Do you see this sort of... Difficult time wrestling with the the issue. Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, it has been more harmful for his, this people, and you still have not delivered your people at all. That's where the, the question and the dialogue starts. That's where he is praying. Hashem answers him in the second verse of chapter 6. What is his answer? Did Hashem say, you can trust me? Did Hashem say... I got this in hand. I'll take care of it. Just watch me do this. What did he say? He spoke to Moshe and said, I am Hashem. I am yud vav What's the answer? The answer is, my name's good enough. 
my name's good enough. There's something extremely important for us to gather from this text before we go any further. He says that the patriarchs didn't ask me what my name was. Remember, Moshe asked him, then who should I say sent me? Moshe wanted to know more. The patriarchs just took it, just took it in stride. Hashem's Hashem, there's only one God. Why should I know his name? Is that really germane to whether I trust him or not? We know that the great patriarchs, they trusted Hashem. They knew him in the level of El Shaddai. What does El Shaddai mean? All-sufficient one, provision, one who can take care of you. They just trusted Hashem. They knew he's going to take care of me. No problems. We just need to know that he's, he's El Shaddai. For some reason, Moshe wanted to know more. Why do you think that's the case? Probably because he was going to face Pharaoh and potential death, potential calamity. Pharaoh was not uh, known to be a very benevolent guy. And then he asked Hashem, who, who should I say sent me? I mean, they're going to ask, and I just can't tell them the invisible creator of the world sent me. There's got to be some authority behind it. And then Hashem revealed to Moshe, and I wish that at some level, and we will know later in the Zohar, there is some indications as to what yud Vavke means. And by the way, I'm saying it that way because I don't want to say the proper letters. Does that make sense? So uh, the, the action that is taken here with Moshe, he says, I am the creator of the universe. I am this all-self-sufficient one. I, and just in, in, in other words, he gave Moshe a download on his name. I don't think that he spoke it as much as he downloaded like he did on Mount Sinai. Remember, he gave him all the Torah. It says in verse 4, Yea, I established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan and the land of their so- so- sojourning in which they sojourned. Yea, the Israelites complaining was heard before me that the Egyptians are holding them in bondage. My covenant was remembered. Do you think that God forgot the covenant and then all of a sudden He remembered it when He heard them crying? No, not at all. Today I was watching news coverage of the French aftermath. Three million people or so protesting, and then they ended the whole thing in the great synagogue in Paris, which is beautiful. There are representatives from all, all different nations, even some from Muslim c- countries were there with them. And there is this call from uh, Benjamin Netanyahu to, for Jews to come home. Just come, just leave. You're seeing comments all over Facebook. Get out of France as soon as you can. At some point, Hashem wants the Jewish people to make the decision to go home. At some point, when it's time for everybody to go home, it's going to be so uncomfortable that you're going to have no choice but to go home. If you do, you you are looking to perish in the land. It really seemed that their exile was tied to their yearning or their, their redemption had to be tied to their yearning for the land again. Their, land, their yearning for freedom. Their yearning to be able to serve Hashem in absolute freedom. 
for some reason, the, the people of God got comfortable in Mitzrayim. They became so just acclimated to the whole culture and they were involved in business and trade, etc. This is the story of the Jewish people up to this day. Why do you think that 500,000 Jews live in France right now? Because they have businesses and they're comfortable. And there are a lot of, a lot of them leaving, deciding to leave. But why do we make most of our decisions in our life, even those in the nations, make their decisions on how, how in-depth they serve Hashem is based on how comfortable they are in doing it. All right? All of us have to, at some point, come to the line that says, I must trust God. I must trust Hashem. So here we learn that God tells Moshe, you're going to know that I'm going to do my job because I'm God and I never lie. You know that I'm going to do my job because when I say something's going to happen, it's going to happen. The problem is this, is the great patriarchs didn't see the promise come true. They heard about it. They always heard about a land flowing with milk and honey, about a great population of people that comes from the descendants of Abraham, but never saw it. But however, they, even though they didn't see it, they knew God spoke it. Moshe, on the other hand, is seeing this great nation that has been birthed inside of Egypt. He sees the power of this great nation, and yet he sees them completely oppressed with the inability to get out. And maybe not just the inability to get out, lacking the desire or yearning to get out, which is the problem that we find with all of us in our spiritual walk. When do we make the decision to yearn enough to get out of the state that you're in? We talked about how slavery, the making of the brick, mortar and brick, is the... Um, is the lower level of the physical world that occupies our time, the environment that we're in, occupying our time, our family dysfunctions occupying our time, and all of those things contribute to our inability to serve Hashem, which is a very, it's a really tough situation to be in because some don't choose to be in financial straits. Some people don't choose to have to work 60-hour weeks and don't have time to study. That's just the way your life has been. But my friend, I'm here to say that we can trust Hashem. And if Hashem has a higher place for us to all be, for the Jewish people it was to be in the land, for those people in the nations is to come and take the yoke of Torah, if that is what Hashem wants for us and desires for us, then your business is to trust Hashem and do everything you can to make to, to, to work yourself into it. Yearn for your own redemption. It's trusting Hashem and say, look, I'm going to do my part. I know that you'll do your part. I may not, for example, here's, here's some of the challenges that we have. Well, I can't study Torah because I don't know Hebrew, right? And we all in this room know that's, that's not an argument, okay? That's just an excuse. However, there are some people that think you have to know Hebrew to study Torah. Then you need to pray to Hashem. Do some personal prayer and say, Hashem, you know what? I, I read these words even in English. I don't even understand what they're saying, right? What do I do? Pray to Hashem. Begin to yearn for your own personal redemption. Begin to yearn to be broken away from the Pyro, the Pharaoh of your Yetzirah. Because that is ultimately what is going on 
in the physical world, there is a spiritual equal spiritual reality that says that Pharaoh is our slave master. Our Yetzirah is our slave master. And it wants to keep you occupied in the physical world, keeping you fully, fully enveloped in all the things uh, around you to see the impossibility of redemption. And what Hashem wants you to know and wants me to know is that He's God. And someone say, well, how do I know that when I start doing this, you know, I have to work 60 hours a week. I have to. But I can't study Torah. Then I would say, if you will take time to study Torah, you won't have to work 60 hours a week. I'm convinced of that 100%. I'm convinced that if a person dedicates their life, Hashem always takes care of us. He always takes care of us. And there are people in this room who've experienced that same thing when you thought it would be impossible, for example, for me to do these things that God asked me to do. And then the first step you make in doing them, all of a sudden you find it so delightful, so full of joy and so easy to do those things. In the class that we're taking on Thursday on Path of the Just, we talked this class about probably the most difficult level of NICUs, and that was uh, uh, controlling anger. And when you begin to understand what the Ramchal is talking about with anger, it's not the, he, he's not talking about perfecting the guy that throws a brick through a window. Okay, He's talking about the person who doesn't say anything, yet they're raging inside. He says, that's the one that's dangerous, right? That's the person that needs to improve things, right? They don't ever say anything. They're all cool, calm, and collected, but deep down inside, they're a raging machine. And so when we talk about perfecting at that level, it seems impossible. It's like, oh, my goodness, but you don't know how I feel when I'm driving down the freeway and something happens. It's funny, right after that class, Richard and I are downtown, and, and I'm at a red light, and I'm just yakking away, and the light turns green, and the person behind me goes, <laughs> Right, And I probably was sitting through the light. I'm sure I was. And I was like, whoa, hold on. Just a second, right? And I pulled out. And it's funny because I got to experience how I feel. You know what I'm talking about? I I had a chance to experience on the other end how I'm usually the one feeling in the car as I'm going, you need a parking ticket? Come on, pull off the side of the road. Let me pass, right? And so I think that's going to be hard for me to learn how to control that level of frustration. Stupid people annoy me. I'm just being honest, right? Huh? And he showed me. I don't even think I said to Richard, but the rest of the day I'm like, God, you have a good sense of humor. So as impossible as I think that is, during personal prayer, hid the boots, I cry out to Hashem and say, you know this part of my character. It, I don't know if it's rooted in impatience. I'm going down through the whole list. I don't know where it's rooted. I'm not an a, a angry person, I don't think. I'm a peaceful person. I love people. But you have to illuminate. You have to show me that you are yud You have to show me you are Hashem. And until you do, I won't break this. I won't be able to break it. And I'm going to trust you to make sure that you show me that. Now, how he will do it may embarrass me. Right? It's like talking about somebody, you have a problem with Lashon Hara, then all of a sudden one day you hang up the phone from a conversation with somebody, you set the phone down, and you start telling your spouse, I cannot believe that person called me. You go on, and the phone didn't hang up. 
Now see, that that's happened to some people, right? Hashem will show you real quick how to control your mouth, right? He will show you. What you he got fired from a job because of that. He got fired from a job from that. <laughs> Oh, really? So the boss heard him? The customer called the boss and reported. Oh, my goodness. So as I'm saying, as dark as things might get and abysmal things might seem, whether it's personally in your own struggle to take upon the yoke of heaven, or whether it's living in this world, living in Paris, France, whatever, whatever it is, the darker it gets does not mean Hashem is not going to do His job. Hashem is going to do His job. He's going to redeem us. You hear me? It's going to happen. It, redemption's coming. It's going to happen. Now, what I have to do is just know that He's God. I don't need to know when he's going to do it. I don't know how. I don't need to know how he's going to do it. I don't need to know his timeline. I don't need to understand the intricacies of what makes him decide to do things when he decides to do it. I just need to know Hashem. So how do I know Hashem? How do I know it? I study Torah. I change my my midot, my my character. I I I I somehow begin to become like him. Hashem wants you to become like little Elohims on the earth. He calls you Elohims, right? He wants you to become a, a little, a, a mini-God. Not in an arrogant way, but you understand. So our goal in this life is not to have figured out how this is going to happen. And I have a lot of people, especially people that come out of Christianity, that will contact me during the week, who will want to talk about... Uh, um, prophecy and, and what's the theological word for it? Eschatology. They just want to talk about it all the time. Like, when's the world coming in? I'm like, who cares? Who really cares? I, what can you do about it? Right, when's the world going to end? Do you think you know, it's prophesied that the Muslims will take over and we'll all have to bow down to, 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 uh, to their God or whatever? I was like, it doesn't matter. Love Hashem. Study Hashem. And even if you doubt him, like even Moshe, even Moshe doubted a little bit. He's like, this made the situation worse. Now, we can always look back in hindsight and go, well, Moshe, I mean, come on. Wasn't that, did, shouldn't you have given it a little bit more time than one confrontation with Pharaoh? Then all of a sudden you're, you're screaming to Hashem like it's not working. But we all do that. We all do that. You'll find yourself at times attempting to do a greater mitzvah that you've never done before. And you just fail at it. You fail completely, miserably at it. You fail. And you think, this is impossible. I want you to know that's no different than what Moshe did by going to Hashem and saying, it's an impossible thing. Do you think Hashem would ask you to do a mitzvah if he didn't think you could do it? No, we're talking about mitzvahs that apply to you. You understand what I'm saying? If you know that you should only have one God and you're still confused about all of the different religious things that have come in, in, in your mind over the years, then start praying for that one God to show himself to you. Because what does Vayera mean? What does Vayera mean in Hebrew? Huh? 
Diana. I appeared. I appeared. Hashem told Moshe when they were at the burning bush, I will show myself to them. I will show myself to Pharaoh. What God wants to do is appear in your life. He wants to appear in your circumstances. And in appearing in your circumstances, He will shake your world. How does He appear to us? Through the study of Torah. Through the study of the ethics of Torah Judaism. That's how He appears to us. So, He says, I will bring you into the land which I affirmed with my word to give it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as an inheritance. Why? I am Yudhei When Moses spoke of this with the Israelites, they did not accept it from Moshe because of their distress and the work that, uh, that was hard upon them the people still needed to see the power and the display of Hashem in in their physical world. Sometimes, for us to develop strong uh, trust in God, events have to happen in such a way that that you lose all, all hope except in Hashem. Right? Sometimes He has to strip away a lot of your securities. You strip away a lot of your, your knowing, your understanding of the world around you to cause you to fall into your trust in, in Hashem. And, and until you've had a tragic situation in your life, uh, trust, uh, trust is not really built until you've experienced difficulties. There are some people, though, that go through difficulties who end up having their trust crushed. And it's impossible to break out of that. It seems impossible. But for those people who go through difficult circumstances of their life and they, they're having a hard time trusting Hashem, understand that you might be staying in your difficulties because you have not developed the trust. Because the Israelite people could have been brought out of Egypt day one. But Hashem told Moshe, when you go to Pharaoh, he's going to turn you down. He's going to reject you. It's just going to happen. Why? Because I want to show myself. He also knew that the people would be distressed to the point that they wouldn't be able to trust. To be honest with you, when you're going through a tough time, it's really hard to put on the, what do you call the smile of, of good faith. I remember um, being in a very difficult time uh, in my life, with my wife and I, with my daughter when she was in the hospital. It was a very, very bleak time. They're, uh, they're uh, about three weeks into it. And I was, I, was, I was at the bottom. You know, when you're at the bottom, you just... You, you can't even hardly pray when you're that desperate and worn out, just completely worn out, spending many of the nights up in the hospital with her because we didn't know what was going to happen in the next few hours. And I remember my uh, getting a phone call at the nurse's station in the ICU, and it was my mother on the phone. 
And she says, uh, I, I have the neighbor watching the boys, and I've prayed uh, all day and through the night for Emily, and it's, everything's going to be okay. And, and honestly, in my mind, can I be honest, truthful? I was thinking, whatever. Have you been that desperate before? What, whatever. I mean, I, I was so low that I couldn't even see the possibility I wanted to believe it, right? You know, I, I had faith in God, but at the same time, it, it was going south. It wasn't going, it wasn't getting better. And she says, it's, it's all going to be okay. And I was like, okay, well, thanks. appreciate that, Mom. Now, I didn't say whatever to her, but deep down inside, I was so low. And this is where the Israelite people were. Moshe comes back to him and said, look, guys, I know, I realize it just got worse for you, but you just trust the show. Verse 10 says, The Lord spoke with Moshe, saying, Come speak to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to send the Israelites from this land. But Moshe spoke before the Lord, saying, Behold, the Israelites will, uh, uh, were not receptive. How then will Pharaoh receive it from me? For I am with heavy speech. So the Lord spoke to Moshe and Aaron and gave them instructions for the Israelites and for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to deliver the Israelites from the land of Egypt. Now, he goes through, enumerates, the following are the heads of the father's houses. These were those people that were the elders of of the tribe. It goes down to, uh, let's go to, um, verse 26, it says, uh, chapter 6, this is, the Aaron and um, Moshe to whom the Lord said, bring forth the Israelites from the land of Egypt by the troops. It was they who spoke with Pharaoh and the king of Egypt to bring out the Israelites from Egypt. He, uh, he is the Mos- Moses and Aaron. This happened on the day when the Lord spoke to Moshe in the land of Egypt. The Lord spoke to Moshe as following, uh, follows. I am the Lord. Speak to us with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, all that I will speak to you. Moses said before the Lord, but I have heavy speech. How would Pharaoh uh, receive me? Verse 1, chapter 7. The Lord said to Moshe, See that I have appointed you a teacher. I appointed you as a teacher to Pharaoh. He's also known. What's your translation of Chumash? Somebody tell me. What does it say? Verse 1. A master over Pharaoh, a teacher. He also told Moshe that he would make him an Elohim, right? A God. Say a case. Yeah, Elohim, yeah, lowercase. Mm -hmm. So he says, you will speak all that I command you and your brother Aaron will speak with Pharaoh. And he sent the Israelites from this. He sent the Israelites from the land. But I will harden the heart of Pharaoh and I will multiply my signs and my marvels in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not receive it, uh, be receptive and I will cast a plague, showing my strength in Egypt, and deliver my host, my people, the Israelites, from the land of Egypt with great judgment. Sometimes, sometimes the difficulties we endure require more than just one person having the lesson. Right? Sometimes trouble comes and it has nothing to do with you. It has something to do with the people around you, what they have to learn and develop. 
In this situation, there was a dual purpose here. Hashem wanted to show Pharaoh, because Pharaoh's question to Moshe in the first conversation is, who is this God that I should even listen to? He had no, no regard. I mean, they had 2,000 gods. You know, what's the difference? He, he goes every day to the Nile to bathe and gets in his God, whatever that is, right? Think about this. They said that Pharaoh would bathe at night so that the Egyptians wouldn't see him bathing because they wanted him to, they, they, he wanted them to know that he was a deity and didn't have to do that. So. He was, he was over the Nile. So if he had to go wash off in the Nile, it meant that he had to submit to that God. So interesting. So sometimes the calamities that happen in our life are not necessarily calamities that you need to, to learn from. However, these calamities can be for someone else's lesson to learn and to grow. So Pharaoh had to know that there was only one God. And the people of Israel need to know that God's promises will be fulfilled. Two different approaches. But redemption in the end of age is actually going to be that very thing. The rulers of the nations will know that there's only one God. We're coming, I, th- I, I think it's sort of like this clash of the titans thing going on. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me when I look at the news and see how full of hatred radical Islam is. Full of hatred. Um, and the absolute benign nature of, of Christianity has become. This, it's just kind of a weird thing going on right now. The reason why it has to happen this way is God need, is going to reveal himself to the nations. They're going to know Pharaoh equals the nations. Egypt equals the nations. He's going to reveal himself that there is only one God. The prophet says, in the Nevim, says that the, the idols will bow down to Hashem. So we're living in an age in which I see it coming to that. Pretty soon it's going to happen. I got a call today, I mean a text today, from a young man in Tehran, uh, uh, um, uh, Iran. Thank you very much. Had a little air bubble in my head or something. And um, he said, real short message, uh, I've been watching uh, your classes. And he said, I, I lo- his English was not very good. I, love, I loved you. And I don't know if he meant I love you or loved you. <laughs> anyway, I loved you. I want to learn Jew things. Can you help me learn? Right. And I looked on his Facebook page, and I've got three people like him, one in Ghana, one there, and one in South India, both Muslims who are wanting to take on the yoke of heaven and to know Hashem. God is revealing himself, the real true God. The real true God is revealing himself to mankind all through the world. And honestly, I'm not sure that I, I want to make sure that I make myself available to these people to talk to them and to help direct them. And, if, you know, I wish I could be an octopus or I could duplicate myself in many different aspects. Pray that Hashem gives me the wisdom to know how to communicate with these people and to encourage them. And I just want to say that to the camera, to people that, that are watching, that 
are Muslim because I know that you're out there. It's obvious you go to the website from Pakistan and and Bahrain and from uh, in all diff- uh, Muslim countries in Africa. Uh, you know there's only one God. That's not the issue. The issue is is that the prophet that you respect so dearly, and that would be Moses, Moshe, is the one who gave the Torah. And if you really want to know the one God, true God, it's got to be learned through study of the first five books of Moses, the Torah, that Judaism has preserved so well. Even your Quran says that. And I would encourage you to love God and to fall in love with Hashem in a, a, a relationship in which you can trust God. We can trust God, can't we, guys? It's an amazing thing to be able to trust God. You know, they're putting out their book, too, to tell you that. Oh, he, he put on there... Really? I mean, really? I no, no. don't understand that, but they are. Yeah, he said in the text that, please be discreet, and this is very dangerous for me. And that's why I asked him, you tell me what I need to do, because I exactly. you know, don't want to... But I mean, it's, the same, it's the same way with the young men um, in Africa. I mean, in um, India. Friday, I get um, a text from the man in Ghana. And he says, quickly, teacher, help me. I saw a text back and I said, what's, what, what's, up, what's going on? He goes, it's almost Shabbos and I don't have any candles. What do I do? And I said, well, Shabbos is going to come in spite of that. And I said, say this prayer, just in general prayer, blessing Hashem for bringing the Shabbos and, and then allowing the people of the nations to enjoy the Shabbos. And I said, then at sundown, from sundown to sundown, just spend time in personal prayer talking to Hashem, and study and watching lectures if you can. It's like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That, that is his life. So it's just, I mean, I'm getting chills thinking about these people that are alone. They're in communities where there is no, there is nobody. And Hashem's directed them to the right place at the right time. So Hashem is revealing himself to the nations right now. And so when you do personal prayer, and you spend time, pray, pray for yourself to become a more of a, what you call it, an instrument, a servant of Hashem. We all, we all think it's very easy to say, okay, well, I'm a servant of Hashem because I, do, I get up and I do mitzvahs. But you're a representative, you're an ambassador of Hashem. And it's time for you to start opening your mouth and telling people about it. It's really important. Because when we do that, those in the nations will begin to know our God. And that's what's going to bring redemption to the world.